never again will I procrastinate. Mm, that's a lie. Yeah, I know, but let me have this. Let me have just this one thing. Welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good. Today, we are talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 29, Azure Paler Than the Sky. But before we get into that, I have a little bit of Imagine Me and Utena business that we need to talk about. Yep. <laughs> we got... Two emails in the past week that I, until today, had not checked because I'm not used to us getting emails. And the first email is an offer from Abby, who I know follows us on Twitter. And she wants to come on the show and be a guest with us. And I've already emailed her back, but I'm going to say on the show, Abby, we'd love to have you. And we love you. Yeah, it'd be really great to have somebody on the show. I look forward to being able to arrange that with you because having a guest on the show would be super fun. And the second email that we got is from Sam. And Sam gave us some analysis on Utena and the themes in Utena. They said that they had only just recently found our podcast so they didn't know if in their email that they sent us that they were retreading a lot of ground that we already covered. And the good news is that mostly, no, they didn't. They gave us a lot of really cool insight. So I am going to read most of this email. Some of it gets into spoilers past where we are right now. So I'm going to not read that. So I will read this email. The show made a lot more sense when I viewed it as being a fairy tale from the point of a developing teenager. A lot of events seem to run on fairy tale logic. For example, Nanami starting to act like a cow so she becomes a cow. And the general world of Utena seems to work the way exaggerated perceptions of a teenager would think it works, which is why everything seems incredibly important and profound when in fact it is a lot more mundane when you stop to think about it. For example, all the dueling songs that seem to be super profound, but in my opinion are just series of impressive sounding words that are vaguely related to what's going on in the episode. The show itself seems to be mostly about two related themes, growing up and the struggle between fantasy or idealism and reality. When you change from a child slash teen to an adult, you realize how fairy tales don't make sense given how the adult real world works and the world and its events become less important with experience for example it doesn't matter that you didn't have a prom date in high school now that you are an adult with a family the fairy tale theme of the show acts as its genre the school is a literal fairy tale land and as a metaphor for the false perceptions that people have that change with maturity since both fairy tales and once idealized perceptions of a thing may be more attractive than how a thing actually is fairy tales themselves being an idealized view of how the world works. 
The problem with clinging to these illusions is that they are often too simple and inflexible to stand up to the problems and nuances required by the real world and many characters have to struggle with this. Characters like Utena and Toga try to be the fairy tale ideal of an archetypal prince, but a prince of a very flat, flat one-dimensional thing. The prince saves the princess because he is a prince. The princess and the prince live happily ever after because that is the way the story is written. All the characters are very complex and have to face complex situations, so it is difficult to be that very simplified thing. For Utena, she saves Anthe because the prince saves the princess, but that causes a lot of problems for her because life doesn't just end like it does in the fairy tale, showing how being a static prince character in all contexts can be detrimental. Toga tries to play archetypes that put him in positions of power like the Casanova and the Prince. Arguably, the two could be the same thing. But in the real world, you aren't always on top, so he is also a pawn of Akio, and this is in contrast to what a prince is supposed to be, demonstrating how the complexity of the world prevents you from being a simple static character. A lot of characters also struggle with the idea of who other people are versus who they actually are. Utena's prince is an idealized combination of a young Toga and Akio based on a single meeting. She only knew them in the context of where they met her and doesn't really know anything about them at all. So the rest is filled with how she would want them to be. There is also the fact that people change over time, so who Toga was as a child is different from who he grew up to be because people are not static like fairy tale characters. In the same vein, Nanami and Wakaba clung to an idealized version of Toga and Seonji as their princes, which led them to be used by them in a similar vein of Utena by Akio. And let's see. Okay, there is more that isn't spoilery. The disparity between the way a fairy tale works and how the real world works shows up in w other ways in the show as well. While there is probably a reason why Shiori and Kozue are so terrible, it is at least hinted at with Kozue, we never actually see because they play a role of the villains and villains in fairy tales are usually villainous for a very simplified reason or because that is just the way they are. The evil queen wants Snow White's heart because she is jealous of her beauty, and Kozue is horrible because she has issues with her parents. The witch eats children because that is the way witches are. Kozue is horrible because that is the way she is. In contrast, Seonji has more depth to him, as he desperately clung to an idealized version of what he wanted Anthe to be, his bride who would never leave him and an escape from his inferiority complex to Toga. He ended up not being horrible, but just kind of being a shitty teenager. Though, in my opinion, all teenagers <laughs> are kind of inherently shitty to some degree. You're not mm -hmm. wrong there, Sam. Very, very right. Kozue and Shiori are more like villains you'd see in a fairy tale. Evil. Seonji and Naname are villains you're more likely to see in the real world. People with opposing motives who overall are just kind of shitty towards you. And that's where I have to stop reading because otherwise it gets into more spoilers. But yeah, how do you feel about this? First off, I really, really want the whole text of that email. I will um, send it to you, but not until <clears throat> after we get past what it spoils because I can't yeah, I allow it. you to have those spoilers. Um, the other thing is that I'm really glad that someone else is kind of seeing that that fairy tale early early on like how it how it works to establish that how we have multiple characters who who kind of inhabit this space defined by fairy tale tropes and 
that's not really a great space for them because it just that's it's a, there's not enough room to be a human in there and they end up we have Utana ends up basically being on the defensive for the next 38 episodes or something and we have this we have Naname who kind of dragged around by Toga's slight pushing her in any direction for a long time yeah I definitely agree with this analysis of it being akin to a fairy tale and I feel like that is sort of what the show is going for with all of the fairy tale setup that it has and what was the thing in oh I had another thought um, sorry I interrupted you it's okay um, the other thing I was thinking about was um, going back I First of all, I am glad that somebody else is kind of seeing that because that was the first thing I saw. But I'm really glad that someone else is, is seeing, because I've been thinking about this recently as well, that there are a, a surprising amount of points of like similarity and there's parallels between Utana and Naname, which I didn't really see at first, but more and more I began to see. Like little things, but also deeper things. Like little things like just aesthetically with they're dueling outfits. I mean, they kind of, like Naname's dueling outfit reminds me more of Utena's than of the others. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see that definitely. Or like the fact that they are both sort of now Naname doesn't really call her brother a prince all the time, but they're both sort of chasing after this elusive ideal, which, as far as we know doesn't really have any basis in reality now we have a pretty good suspicion that both of them are based on an actual person but they're not really following that person they're going after an a, a idea of a person and that's really unhealthy and it, it informs everything they do and it kind of undercuts everything that they do yeah like like we, we have the um utano's um kind of blue screen of death at the end of the first season when the idea that her parents is someone that she doesn't really like who has betrayed her just like that's a, such a weak spot because she's built so much on that one idea about this person that it just destroys her whereas Naname if, if her brother were to ever reject her she's just a goner they've they put all their eggs into a single basket if you will yeah. And it's because they are operating in that fairy tale mode of the simplistic um everything is right now and there is no before or after. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yes. That's yes. I can't wait until we get later in the show when I can go back to the portions of the email that I did not get to read because like the rest of the email, they were all very good. And thank you, Sam, for emailing us. Yeah, thanks. That was that's awesome. I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see all that actually. And also in Imagine Me and Utina Business, we got our first Patreon patron. We did. Woohoo! Gray Code. I don't know what your Twitter handle is or if you even have one. You probably do. But I'm super glad that you have decided to become a patron of us on Patreon. And in honor of us getting our very first patron, I've added some new fun stuff to the Patreon page. And I'm going to tell you about that now. 
I have... You're also telling me because I didn't get this either, I don't think. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't tell you about this. Whoops. <laughs> if you become a $1 per month patron, you now get access to random clips that I have saved from the Utena English dub that I use when I'm editing the podcast. And if you become a $3 a month patron, you get access to that and also access to episode outtakes and cold opens because I have all the outtakes and cold opens in one folder and I don't feel like sorting them or remembering which ones are cold opens and which ones are outtakes or which ones I yeah. intended to use as a cold open but then didn't. We have outtakes? Usually the outtakes are from our pre-show conversation rather than things that happen during the show. I haven't heard any of those. I mean, I've heard the... Well, okay. I've heard a couple because you were trying to figure out what to do for your cold opening, but there's so many things I don't know about that I'm involved in. Yeah, well, now if you pay $3 a month, you can access those on our Patreon. Isn't that a little incestuous, though? I don't know if that's the right word for it. Probably more like I mean, it's probably not, but like kind of like I've come this far, I can't change it anymore. I like, mean, I could just send it to you. I have them in a little zip file, you know. Ooh, you should do that at some point. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I haven't been posting the episodes on Patreon because up until a couple of days ago, we didn't have any patrons, and so it just sort of fell to the bottom of my to-do list. But now that we have an actual patron, I will be resuming putting episodes up on the Patreon page. Woohoo! But yeah, that's very exciting. Thank you for your patronage, Gray Code. We really appreciate it. And with that, I think it's time to start the episode. Now it's time for Angsty Lesbians. <laughs> okay, now we can start. <laughs> Are you going to be okay? It wasn't that funny. I wasn't expecting it to happen. Start the goddamn anime. Okay, three. We open on a chair. It's a very deep and important chair. Look at all the things that are happening around it. We heard Jury's little line about believing in miracles, and then we see the scene in the locker room where Ruka first saw Shiori for the first time. And now we see the scene at the end of last week's duel where she was in the car and he said that that wasn't even his sword. And now we are outside the school and literally everyone at Otori Academy has come to the windows and to surround Shiori and Ruka as she begs him to get back with her, I guess. This is kind of sad. I don't even like her. Yeah, it's really sad. She begs him to believe her, and he's like, what am I supposed to believe? And she says that I loved you more than anyone. And she breaks down and is crying, and it's very sad. I feel very bad for Shiori right now. Anthe and Utena are out in the crowd, and Anthe turns and sees Jury walking away, and that's sort of the end of that scene. That was a very sad intro. Really is. Everybody's talking about how Shiori's not at school today, because how could she even show her face? 
and we have people talking over these images about the situation with Shiori and Ruka. They're being a little mean to Shiori and it's a little sad. Back in the fencing room and Jury's doing her thing. Utena's watching. Utena is hanging out in the rafters and she comes to confront Shiori and she's like, aren't you worried about her? Shiori's taking this really hard and Jury says, it's between her and Ruka. It's not my problem. And since it isn't, I am not getting involved. I have no right to. And Uta's like, a friend of yours is being treated like this and you're doing nothing. You could at least hear her side of things. Jury. Jury says, I'm not going to repeat myself and walks off like a boss. Are you thinking, have you noticed that this is kind of like the ex- almost the same kind of situation that started this whole mess? Yeah. Utsuna defending Wakaba. And now the opposite choice has been made. I think this scene is Utena and Anthe in their room. And they're sort of... Oh, we didn't get to see them do the ritualistic laying down thing. No, but they're still holding hands. That's good enough. Anthe starts to say, Miss Utena, the truth is... And then she doesn't say anything. And she says, never mind. No, tell me what the truth is. Anthe, no. Anthe, yes. Shiori is calling Ruka over and over again. Oh, jeez. And it makes me really sad. Yeah, that's kind of bleak. Ruka is in Akio's car because he's part of the shithead gang now, I guess. I hope that's their official name now. Trey is shithead boys. Oh my god, no, don't ever. (laughs) Ruka is apparently scheming. And then... We cut away to the fencing room and we see Jury's butt for a second. And her immaculate curls. Mm-hmm. Like something out of the 19th century. Jury has come to check on Shiori. A very, very unkempt and... and this very archery. upset Shiori does not want Jury coming to help her. And she's like, did you expect me to come crawling back to you for help? Well, too bad. I'm going to do what I want. And Jeez. it's very sad. I kind of wonder if, if she, if that happened before or after Utena talked to her. Well, the implication would be that it happened afterwards. We see jury confronting Ruka. And I guess he, she told him to take her back. Ruka's like, I'm surprised at this because you told me to keep my hands off of her. And jury's like, if it would make her happy, Ruka says, I can't do what you ask. I appreciate your friendship with her, but she's spoiled, pushy, and self-centered, not to mention a liar. Who would want a girl like that? Wow, rude. Call me out like this. She's a, she's about to go ape shit on him. Jury is so mad. She calls him a cruel bastard. <laughs> and she does what I've been wanting to do. And she lunges at him and tries to punch him in the face. And Ruka flips her around and holds her against the wall and says he thinks that Jury wants to go out with him, actually. And Jury's like, shut the fuck up. And Ruka's like, no, I bet you do. And then, as I referred to in the last episode, Ruka forces Jury to kiss him. In a scene that is very uncomfortable and not good. Yeah, and then she's like, "Hey, guess what? I hate and... this." 
So I also hate this. I'm glad that we can hate this together. I hate this and I want to die. Apparently, Ruka stole Jury's locket while he was forcing her to kiss him. And he drops on the ground and he makes like he's gonna fucking step on it. And she slaps him in the face. And it's apparently a pretty good slap because he keeps that red mark on his face for the rest of the scene. Jury rescues her locket and is doubled over on the ground. Ruka says, I've changed my mind. I'll do what you want. I'll take her back. Look at that baleful glare. You hate me more than you can stand, don't you? He says to her. Ooh, looks like he's bleeding from his lip a little bit. Good. Ooh. Fuck him. I hate I him. I think she bit him. Good. I, I think hate she him. Bit him. Bite that fucker. Ooh. She said, wait. Jury challenges him to a duel. And she says, if I should lose, I'll do whatever you want. But if I win, you and Shiori, he says, understood. You don't have to say it. Well, you need to say it for me. What do you what do you want? They get back together, I guess. But but he already said that he would do that. So does she want something else? I don't know, dude. Well, you're supposed to know things. That's not true. You're the one that knows things. I'm the one that like doesn't know things. This is this is how our dynamic works. No, you just know things about things that I don't know about. <laughs> and now we get kind of a weird scene because it's kind of implied that Jury lost the duel. And Ruka is doing the toga thing where he says that if your soul has not truly given up, then you can hear the sound that races through the end of the world. And we see Akio's car. And the time has come. In the dub, uh, Ruka says, Toga, I'll let you say your line now. And Toga just mysteriously shows up so that his shirt can flap in the wind. Right between them, because of course he is. He has to be in the middle of the shot. I love that they're doing the sort of like lined up thing here. Ruka says, you said you'd do whatever I asked. And then they all get in the car. And Jury's in the back of the car. I really hope that the English dub also has the smooth jazz in the background. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. Because it just makes the scene... Jury asks where they're going, and all Ruka does is play the voicemail of Shiori saying, Ruka, you're the only one for me. Over and over and over again. It's the worst. He's terrible, and I hate him. Ruka says if we could perfect your latent abilities, no one could defeat you. If you and I join forces... Utena Tenjo will be no match for us and we could harness the power to bring the world revolution and they're arguing about miracle powers and bullshit. Ah, so I was I wasn't entirely wrong. What? She straight up asks him were you was all this to just to get at me and he doesn't really deny it. He just says that sacrifices are necessary for miracles. Yeah. Yeah, it would be the understanding of this that he has just been doing this all to get at her. Jerry says, even if I gain the power to work miracles, all I desire is to release her from you. That's all. I won't let is you keep all, doing Jerry? this. For that, I'll go along with you. Is that really all you want, Jerry? No. No. It's decided then. 
<laughs> Akio says, I reveal the end of the world. And does I his bet you do. Flip onto the hood of the car like he Have do. you ever thought about how like eight, how aggressively obnoxiously 80s Akio is in, in these scenes? Oh, I have. Believe me. Down to the mullet. I mean, yeah, it's like it, it, it's a mullet. It's it's straight up like he might as well join Striper. There's Jury. There's Utena. Jury is confronting Utena about a duel. And Ruka says, time for the main event, Utena Tenjo. How the fuck did you get that car there, boy? And it looks like we're going to get our Aiko and Biko skit, but we don't because it's just Shiori leaning against the scene in which we usually find them. And then we cut Wait, to is, is this... the absolute destiny apocalypse. Have we skipped Aiko and Biko before no, no, in a no, normal episode? It happens at the end of the episode. Spoilers. Okay, I forgot about that. I was like, what? Okay, so, like, did you know... Oh, here's another thing. When she challenges Utana, she seemed a lot less happy about it than Mickey did. Well, Mickey just seemed sort of blank when he challenged Utana. Yeah, like, M Mickey was not himself. Jerry seems very much herself, because brooding out the window is something that Jerry would totally do. Yeah, she did seem more like herself than other people that have come to deliver the dueling challenge. I kind of feel like if, if he was trying to get to her through Shiori, then I feel like what he's looking for is, like, jury in her right mind. Maybe. I guess that's kind of the difference. Like, Mickey needed to be pushed out of his illusions, quote-unquote needed to, but whereas jury needs, like, jury already, like, is pretty cognizant and has a pretty good sense of self yeah look at all them roses Ruka sucks. my one major disappointment from this episode is that jury does not get a fucking orange bride dress this is a crime yeah. against me personally and i'm very upset about it i am too actually like how dare you how dare you you Ugh. rob me of this and force me to look at Ruka being weird and creepy all over Jury and I hate it. Yeah, it's How weird. dare you not even uh, give me Jury in a bride dress? I really hope that there's art of that somewhere. I mean, of, I'm sure like, there is. Jury as, the, as a rose bride. There's I'm sure be. I could Google it and find it. Oh, if you're curious, by the way, the um, Japanese music has the words an ode to the nails and everything. I don't know what that means, but... We get a little bit of a reversal because Jury, in this instance, is the one who will be doing the dueling against Utena. We've already shown that Ruka's skills are no match, so now it's time to put her against the best. With her own soul sword. With her own soul sword. We see some flashbacks to the duel between Jury and Ruka. And he's being a dick, and he pushed her over. I feel like that's something that Jury actually did in, their, in her first duel. Oh, I don't remember. Somebody who listens to the show, tell me if that happened. I don't remember. Ooh. Ruka yells at Jury and tells her not to hesitate. Got a pretty cool duel, duel going on. Yeah, this is actually probably one of the better ones. If only because you've got that moment of like, where it kind of your breath catches because like Uthana totally should have died. True. I also love that this it goes back and forth between old and new. That's just so so cool. 
Ruka says that miracles only come to those who stand on the backs of others, but miracles always come to Shiori. Don't you think that's unfair, Jury? And Utena's last move rips Jury's locket from her chest and causes it to fall to the ground and break into a million fucking pieces. And she is losing it. Jury is not dealing with this well. She is stumbling, she is clutching her chest, and she's very upset. She looks like she got stabbed. Yeah, like honestly, the way that she's grabbing her chest looks like somebody who has been stabbed. Poor Jury. Man, Jury episodes are good. And Utena... She takes, it, she takes her own rose off. It doesn't even appear that Utena removed Jury's rose crest. What it appears is that Jury removed her own rose crest. Yeah, Utena didn't touch it. It falls to the ground and it starts to rain. Because to jury, the rose crest wasn't important. What was more important was the locket around her neck. That was a real rose crest for her. The rain falls down on jury, and Ruka walks up to her and says, It'll be all right. Fucker. No, stop talking. Uh I like that the windshield wipers (laughs) turn on on the cars. It's really good. I noticed that when I watched this earlier. That's a pretty great detail. And we're back. Presumably the next day. Apparently, Jury is fencing club captain again. Ruka hasn't been coming to school lately, which means he gone. Nanami says he'll be sorry if he gets expelled for poor attendance. (laughs) A girl gets hurt while they're fencing, and Jury goes to help her, and then she's even in the girl's hospital room, or not hospital room, infirmary room, and she tells her to just concentrate on letting her leg heal. And Jury leaves the room. And we get our Aiko and Biko in a shadow are. on the wall. Hey, did you hear? Yeah, that patient died yesterday. Poor guy. And he was really cute, too. And in the hospital, he kept saying how much he wanted to fence again. He apparently knew how sick he was, but he still insisted on leaving the hospital to go back to school. There must have been a girl in the fencing club that he loved. I've been hearing a lot about him. He wanted to give the power to grant miracles to the one he loved to free her from something. Free her? What's that mean? Who knows? Oh. Yeah, this Aiko and Biko skit pretty much implies that Ruka fucking died. Free her? What's that mean? Really is a good summary of the whole damn show. Yeah, that's a pretty good summation, actually. And now, I love this scene. Jury is walking by herself and apparently Shiori was hanging out by a tree waiting for her and she runs up and starts to walk behind Jury. But for why? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know, but it makes me feel things. It does make me feel things. Yeah, so Rook is the worst. Well, not the worst. He's, I guess he's like number three on my worst listing because... Number one is Akio, and number two is a tie between Toga and Seonji. Toga's way worse than Seonji. Uh, yeah, I would say, like, quantifiably, Toga is worse than Seonji at this point. Okay, so I guess we have one really big question. What's that? What the hell 
Yeah, I mean... Is going on with... What is his motivation? What is Ruka's motivation? Yes. I mean, I guess he wants to fuck Jerry. I don't know. Like, at first, it seems like he's just trying to screw with her. But it's inscrutable. And then it seems like he's trying to use her to do something. Inscrutable. Oh, haha. Uh-huh. Um, screw with her. I have sinned greatly. But then it seems like he's trying to use her to get to something. And now at the end, we have the suggestion that really he was, he somehow sensed that she was trapped by something or in herself somehow. And he's doing this Machiavelli style to give her a kick in the pants. And I really don't know what to believe now. Me either, honestly. I do have to say that um, I did read this, this tiny arc does appear in a form in the manga. Oh, yeah? Yes. It is radically different. Well, we can talk about that when we do our manga episodes after we finish the series and yeah. the movie. Well, definitely, because there's, there's definitely a lot different here that really money's the motivation here but it's kind of just i guess our motive i guess our for his motivations is kind of a question mark like what's true what's not who knows he's dead now probably the episode definitely implies that he just fucking died off screen which is kind of insane we don't really get that in utana <laughs> <clears throat> apparently without anybody knowing yeah i mean what happens outside of otori doesn't really seem to permeate its boundaries it's almost as if they're all in purgatory not that that is my theory but i'm sorry i'm just saying purgatory no i don't get it <laughs> how what? many episodes can i milk this joke so I don't far get three. It. i don't get it yes you do what is it i mean is it a joke about cats Otori? The, the school name? I don't understand. It's not a joke about cats, so I couldn't expect you to understand. I feel like you're making fun of me now, but I can't tell. I'm still trying to figure out why it's purgatory. Oh, purgatory. Uh, yes. Yes, Alice. God damn it. I thought you were being deliberately... No, I just didn't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm bad at things. No, I thought you were deliberately ignoring my pun in favor of pretending that you did not know what I was saying. Okay, so we talked a little bit about his motivation. What else do we need to talk about? There are things we could talk about, but I don't really want to talk about them because I don't really want to talk about that scene. Oh, the kiss scene? Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate and it. I'm, what I'm do we really have to talk about with that? I fucking hate it. Never force somebody to kiss you against their will. If you take one lesson away from this podcast is that and if i really hope that you did in fact see blood on his lip because i'm really hoping that she like bit the fuck like i really really hope that she bit him i do too even if she didn't that's my headcanon now i'm not gonna rewatch this episode to determine whether or not i did see what i think i saw so i'm just gonna assume for the rest of forever that that was the case you, okay i happen to scroll down and two comments have me reeling oh yeah let me run these by you. First, Uta never defeats Jury. The first time her sword serendipitously flies out of her hand and pierces a rose. This time, Jury forfeits. They they argue the Jury is the better duelist, but someone in that in that thread says the winner of the duel is always the one with the purest motivation, with either a purest of heart or purest of intention, as in like one one thing. And if you think about it, Jury's motivations can really boil down to love, unrequited or not. And she's her motivations are pretty pure in that she's pretty single-minded about them. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree Which, with that. 
And she really, Utena has really never beat her. It's always been kind of a trick. I mean, it's always been kind of luck. Or in this case, it was, I, I guess it was luck. I mean, Utena, I don't think Utena was really aiming for the locket. Um, it, I would not expect Utena to try and do that because I feel like that's not in her character not really to try her. and destroy yeah. Utena, or to try and destroy Jury's locket. Yeah, it's just not in her character. And also, like, does she even know that it's there? Probably not, honestly, because Jury keeps it under her uniform at all times. So Utsuna probably just destroyed it on accident. Yeah, she's trying to she's trying to stab the rose. She just misses and catches the um, chain, Sad. which in another show not in the '90s might have had a little bit of might have used that as a, as a way to have Jury be injured. But in Utsuna, no one ever gets hurt unless it's for dramatic effect. Well, I feel like everything in this show is for dramatic effect, really. Yeah, that's fair. I prefer the comment under that one, which says, Everyone is asking all these deep questions, but only one really matters. How the fuck do they get this car in through those, all these tiny-ass doors? Uh, magic, bitch. You don't gotta explain, explain shit. That's Akio's approach to everything, basically. By the way, you definitely should not read the rest of that thread. I don't think I want to. No. Uh, excuse me, Jill Harv. Ah, I read said, it. Anyone, I did it. I shouldn't have done is it. Anyone, yes. Is anyone else sick of that car? Excuse you? No. I love that all the responses are no. <laughs> no one's sick of the car. The car is awesome. The car is the whole point. It's the... The car... The whole show has been leading to this. Yeah. We have some some fun stuff with cars in the movie that uh, I can't wait to get to. No, I don't mean fun in a bad way. I mean <laughs> fun in a, a funny way. Uh, okay, that's acceptable. God. Sorry, I just started thinking about the movie and I got off in a little rabbit hole in my own brain. Okay, yeah. This episode. <laughs> this episode. I think we've... Is there anything else you can think about we can, we can talk about over? Well, we talked last week about Shiori. Mm-hmm. and about how she was probably lying to Ruka on purpose because she wanted to fuck with Juri. And then she actually yeah. ended up falling in love with Ruka, I guess. How do we feel about that in the context of this episode? Um, You know, remember I said that I kind of didn't believe, I felt like she was had an angle. Mm-hmm. I felt kind of bad about saying that. Because even though I'm uh, apparently I'm kind of right, it doesn't really make me feel better. Because like she, by the end, I believe her. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing: is that I don't disagree with the idea that she had an angle at first. Yeah. Like think, at the end, I believe her. I think we did kind of talk about this last episode, but I'm not gonna listen to my own podcast, so I'm not gonna go back and listen <laughs> to it. To I do. Find out. But I think that you were on to something when you pointed out that this was probably not... Shiori falling in love with Ruka was probably not something that she anticipated. It probably happened while she was trying to do this to fuck with Jury. Yeah. Because there's very little in her initial motivations that says anything other than she's trying to do something that she thinks will mess with jury but she clearly develops feelings for him which puts her character in a complicated spot i just want to know what she wants me too i don't even remember 
if we get another jury shiori episode after this because we only have nine episodes alice that's so weird well technically we have 10 and then the movie and then the manga but we have 10 episodes left I mean, uh, we have 10 episodes of Utena left, but I don't know. That's so weird. We're almost done with Utena. I mean, it's still going to be a little while because we only do these once a week, one at a time. So we've we've still got a little while before we have to yeah. to bring ourselves to an end. Don't say it like that. I'm going to be sad. I'm a little sad. You should be. It's a sad thing. But it's okay because we won't go away. Nope. We're going to find something else to do. We have Well, we ideas. have Yuri Kuma, so... We have things and plans. Go, go. Go, go. I don't even know what that means yet. Oh, you will. Uh, Don't say it like that. (laughs) Why does everything that you and Karen say about this show make me frightened? (laughs) And why won't Karen stop talking about it? (laughs) She can probably hear me say that. Listeners, if you think that Utena's kind of a gay show. Please, I beg you, from as as one queer weeb to another, please watch Yurikuma. Well, if we do it after this, then they can watch along with us. Yeah, but the idea of everyone knowing more than you know going in is very satisfying to me. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. We do have somebody that's actually watching along episodes of this with us while we do it, so that's fun. That is fun, actually. Somebody who recently found our podcast and had, until now, not watched past the Black Rose arc. Let me see if I can give them a proper shout out. That is Brains Gibson, son of Blaine. Son of Blaine. At Son of Blaine on Twitter has been watching along with us and they eagerly await our next episode. So we eagerly await being able to let you watch it. Well, I think that is uh, all Yeah, I, I don't know if we have anything else to say about this episode. Other than it was good, but it was sad. And also I hate Ruka and I hate that scene where he did that thing and I hope Jerry bit him. That's all I've got. I think that that's about all I could do too. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtenaCast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? You can find me at at LyreWolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. If you want to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imagineandutena.tumblr.com. I know a couple of you are following us over there, and I love you. If you want to email us, which I will be better about checking our email now that we actually get people who email us, you can do that at imagineandutena at gmail.com. And that's where you can ask us to be on our show because we would love to talk to you. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can find that link on our SoundCloud because I don't feel like reading the URL for that. But we would appreciate your patronage. And if we get more patrons, then we can put out some more fun stuff for people who want to give us money. Otherwise, the show will continue to be free as it always has been. And always shall be. I guess that does us for this week, folks. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later.